Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It was all a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream. My four little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. It was all a dream. I have a dream that one day little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. So let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. And when this happens... When we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Garrard, and Oh My Pocket, Dylan Denmark. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, Pocket's going with one of E.T.'s greatest hits right there. Didn't have to create a new open today. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everybody. And uh, we're on these parts. It's Monday, and the Jags are where they are and uh, watching the NFL playoffs like the rest of us. We're hip deep in it. We got two more games today, had four over the weekend, and I certainly personally did not want to see the Houston Texans have any success. Uh, doesn't mean they won't get smacked by Baltimore, but they're going to get all the love that your Jaguars got deservingly last offseason as seemingly the team on the rise in the AFC South. Winning the division, C.J. Stroud is a rookie going out there, lighting up the Cleveland Browns in his playoff debut as well. Uh, good morning, everybody. Mike Dempsey here with David Garrard. Good morning, D.G. What is up? How are you? I'm good. I'm Taking good. all the football this weekend? I did, you know, and uh, my concern is that we had all these rookies coming into our, our division, and so we thought, man, we're going to have a leg up for a few years now, and it was only for... Uh, one half of a season. Was it even for a half of a season? I mean, C.J. Stroud came in here in week three. Yeah, but I felt like we were still the better team, even though they beat us. I still felt like we were the better team. And we I had were, a two-game lead. We were ascending. Yeah. We were, you know, the defense was playing lights out. Offensively, we were still getting it done. Won the game in Houston to get to 8-3. and yep. three. We yep. were scoring yeah. points, you know, all these good things. And then something happened. Some switch got turned off. Yeah, it's, it felt more like a switch got turned off than something got turned on, uh, certainly. It just felt like things started to fall apart for the Jags. 
uh, and they are where they're at now. Tony, I, I really felt this. I This wasn't like pie in the sky. I felt like if the Jags just get in, as not that anything would have changed about the quality of their team, mm-hmm. I thought that Cleveland was gettable. They lost them on the road by four points. They gave up three. They handed them three touchdowns in that game. And Houston showed you yesterday. Cleveland is imminently gettable. Their defense is not the same on the road, giving up 29 points a game on the road this year. So now the Texans are the toast, one of the toasts of the NFL, certainly the Green Bay Packers. I mean, look, uh, if you won this weekend, congratulations. Yeah. You know, or if you're sitting out on a bye, let's not forget Baltimore and San Francisco. We got four teams in action today that I would trade places with any of them. Uh, no matter how daunting a task it will be for Pittsburgh to go into Buffalo, we thought it was a daunting task for the Packers to go into Dallas where they hadn't lost in a couple of years, you know, and got pushed around. And, Tony, uh, again, you can't stop the run when it matters. Like, the passing game is the NFL. You Like, you can't just win with Aaron Jones alone. Jordan mm-hmm. Love had to put on a show as well, and he did. But if you can't stop – the running game, like the Jags couldn't do even lesser teams like the Tennessee Titans are going to be able to handle you physically, and unless the Jags fix the line of scrimmage, they're going to have issues. Uh, yeah, they will, and we'll see what they do to try to fix some of these things going into an offseason where, you know, specifically in the trenches on both sides, they have big questions about how they're going to rebuild this offensive line. You know, who is the left tackle? For the football team in 2024 week one, David, I don't even know. You know, they they have three options, maybe four options on the roster as of today mm-hmm. that could be the opening day left tackle next year, but I'm not super confident at all in who I think will be the starting left tackle. That doesn't even get into left guard and center and what is the playing future of Brandon Sheriff and all these things. And that's just one side of the ball. That doesn't even get into what they have to do on the defensive line to try to stop an opponent's run. Yeah, uh, offensively, I feel like we started the season. We felt really good the way the offensive line was protecting, the way they were running the ball a little bit in the first half of the season. Uh, And then injuries started to plague. And then nobody seemed like they had any kind of motivation to try to run block at all, which is – most offensive linemen's dream is to, like, let's get out here and run block a little bit because you can take all the athleticism out of the defender that can blow by you because they're such good athletes. Now it's just man on man. I'm going to put my weight on you, and I'm just going to lean. I don't even have to blow you out of the hole. I just got to turn you a little bit so my back can squeeze through, but we couldn't even do that. And then on the defensive line, I feel like it is all in the middle. I feel like – like um we have some good players there, but we don't have any difference makers. And I feel like Josh Allen and Trayvon have come along where we feel really good about them. But there is no stop for some reason in the middle of the uh, the defensive line for the other team to be able to feel like we can't get anything. But we were doing it in the first half of the season. Look, the, the Jacks gave up two 100-yard <sighs> rushing games all year. And one of them happened to be – the final game yeah. when it mattered the most. And and, and against a guy who you had shut down yeah. the first time you played him. You know, he had 10 carries for less than 40 yards the first time you went up against the Tennessee Titans and talking about Derrick Henry. And right from the outset, you knew it wasn't going to be that kind of day when the season was on the line. It felt like they just weren't there to participate 
in that game. They, I felt like when I watched it, they were already had their bags packed and they were just there. But you're the team that has the chance to go into the playoffs and have another opportunity to play another week and to get a chance to go try to compete to go get a ring. But they said no. You know, that's what it looked like. It looked like they just did not want to put up that fight and have to fight a whole nother week. Like, why? What are we doing this for? Everybody isn't here um, pulling the same weight. So why should I go out there and, and try to work as hard? Right. Uh, Doom's asking, so does Fat Tony say he doesn't believe Cam will be the left tackle next year? That's terrifying. I'm not going to speak for you, Tony. I'll let mm-hmm. you speak for yourself. But I think you're just saying you can't write off the possibility. I don't know. that Right. Like, I think if I had to bet right now, Cam Robinson's the opening day yeah. left tackle. But we bet the opposite direction so many times that there's no way they can bring him back with this cap figure. There's no way. And then you're like, well, you know, his he brings that something, that edge, whatever, to the offensive yeah. line. You see where he ranks, though, as a run blocker, not very good mm. among tackles. Now, what's your primary priority, though? It's pass, pass blocking, blocking, and he's been a good pass blocker. And he's, to me, at the moment, the most comfortable combination Mm-hmm. is Cam Robinson, Anton Harrison, that you mm-hmm. can roll out there. Mm-hmm. Sure. That doesn't mean Anton Harrison's career path could not be that of a premier left tackle. And Maybe you can you think, hey, you know what, in the middle of the first round, we might find a guy who could play right tackle and walk right into us because they got to start resetting some of this money at some point, Tony. Because You look around all these playoff teams, well, it's cheap labor that they have running around, and yeah. the Jags have a lot of cheap players, but they're not making a major impact. I feel like I've been – underselling Cam Robinson since the first franchise tag. Yeah. I was in favor of them franchising him the first time. Didn't like it the second time. Didn't love the extension when they franchised him and then signed him to the extension and went through the last couple of years saying, okay, at some point someone's going to take over that job, right? He's not getting to the end of this contract. At some point someone's taking that job. This offseason with the suspension going into the year, Walker Little, show us you're the left tackle of the future in the first month of the season. Well, he didn't quite do that. Anton played really well at right tackle, and he may be a more natural left tackle when everything is said and done. I, looking at, it's, it has felt like the plan has been after the 23 season, we're letting Cam Robinson go so that we don't have to pay him $16 million mm-hmm. to be the left tackle for that final year of that contract. Well, I'm not so sure about yeah. that at this point, right? With all the other things that they have going on, I, I think it means that Walker Little likely is going to be a guy who's a swing tackle, basically for his entire rookie deal here in Jacksonville, and then we'll see what they want to do with that going into the future. But I don't think it's going to be, hey, that's our left tackle. Like It just doesn't feel like we're to that point in this process, which means – after Cam Robinson plays this year, what? You know, like they're still stuck in this kind of liminal space of there's they're in between options. Like, do we go get another young guy? Do we trust Walker Little to come back and be the left tackle? Do we re-sign Cam again mm-hmm. to be the left tackle? They're in a weird kind of spot. And Anton might be the best left tackle on the roster that they have. He's playing right tackle. Yeah, and we haven't seen him play left tackle in the NFL, so – my one concern about Cam is just his availability. When you come in with a suspension and you've gotten hurt the last few seasons, that's my one concern. But if he was always consistently out there, he would be my guy because 
there is a difference when he is out there on the field. And we have not seen anybody get there at that left tackle spot when he is out and just dominate and take it over. So Cam would be my guy. Figure out what you got to do. If you got to, you know, rework contract or let him play it out or whatever it is, but can't remove him and think that that offensive line is going to get better unless you do go get some other pieces. Well, and we, as we've said, for us, the top offseason priority is making sure Josh Allen remains in a Jaguar uniform, yes. right? Because you can't go backwards in that nope. department. Um, once, you know, it's we were hard-pressed to figure out where the pass rush was going to come from this year. Well, those two main guys took it upon themselves to provide a pass rush and not get a whole lot of help. Uh, Josh Allen set a franchise record with the 17-and-a-half sacks. So today... You're chatting Sandy Real Estate question of the day. If you ran the Jacksonville Jaguars, which of these scenarios would you prefer when it comes to Josh Allen? Um, we had to pick some numbers out of the blue a little bit here. Uh, the first one is signed to a four-year, $110 million contract. Now, that seems like a lot of money, mm -hmm. but you look, T.J. Watt, who's 30, has a four-year, $112 million contract contract so he'd be making a little bit less than TJ Watt who has been consistently yes better player better. but he's also younger than TJ Watt so you got that you compare that to a four-year 96 million dollar deal that Rashawn Gary got he's been a good player but he hasn't been Josh Allen good in my opinion now that number could be a little high a little low but that that's probably a yeah, ballpark, ballpark of where it's going to be so four years 110 million do you want to franchise tag him which I'm looking at the numbers and I'm I, I'm just must be mathematically illiterate. I don't understand how, like, I'm looking at a projection for this, the franchise tag that was done just a few weeks ago, okay, by Joel Corey at CBS, who's a former agent. The guy, not just guy that they're like, hey, write this story. He, yeah. This is his specialty. He projects the, like, the linebacker tag to be, like, $23 million. Well, that includes the edge rushers in there as well because the defensive end tag is actually lower mm. than the linebacker tag. So, what, we're calling it $23 million. Yeah. Even though, like, Nick Bosa's making over 30 Watt's making up there now. So, we're calling it one year $23 million. Is Maybe that comes in a little low, a little high, whatever. It's, we're trying our best to estimate where it's going to be. So, you got the four-year $110 million deal. You got the franchise tag. Or do you think, that's too rich for my blood. Let the market dictate. Let him test free agency. And then if that price gets driven up, we can choose to enter the bidding, not enter the bidding. That's your prerogative. Uh, nearly 400 votes on that one already. And uh, Dylan dug up uh, from last summer a couple of questions of the day uh, where Tony was asking, I think I was out, uh, what would Josh Allen have to accomplish for you to be in favor of the Jags offering him a four-year $80 million contract this offseason. <laughs> like, you think now, like, what do you have taken four years 80? Here's the problem. If he signs for four years 80 and he gives you seven sacks again, then you're overpaying Josh Allen, mm -hmm. right? So there's all like, if you knew exactly where his performance was going to go, yeah, you want to get out ahead of it. But it's so there's this whole balancing act. But I, I reading through some of the replies, it was very interesting to see what it would take for people to go, I'm not sure he gets four years 80. Yeah. Now we're talking another 30 million on top of that, Dave. So. Yeah, and I think he deserves what he's going to get because it was his contract year. It was a time for him to really go out and show what he's got. Now, the problem is he can't go backwards. Not saying you got to get 16, 17 sacks each year, but you got to be double digit 
each year for the next couple years at least, showing that it wasn't just because you wanted to get that bag and that's all it was. And I don't think that's the case because – I don't either. It, it feels like he was legit doing what he does, and it took a few years, a handful of years to get to that point, but he's there now, and I don't see him going backwards at least for the next, you know – Two, three, four years. All right. Uh, if you want to get in today, uh, we can talk about what you've seen over the weekend from postseason football, where some of these teams stand in relation to the Jaguars. Green Bay, by the way, youngest team in the National Football mm-hmm. League. This went in and hung 48 mm. on the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, the, the, the time for excuses is long since past. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is going into year four yeah. next year. Jordan Love is in year one of being a starter. So, you know, sitting there behind with guys you ain't really heard of, too. Right. Well, a bunch of young yeah. receivers there. I mean, we've heard of them because we play fantasy. Yeah. But truly, no true number one. Nobody nope. making any kind of big bucks in that receiving core. Young tight ends as well. <sighs> Got to figure out a formula yeah. for where the Jags can get back to being where – the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans are, and then be able to sustain it. We were just there a year ago looking like that up-and-coming team. How do we get the Jaguars back there? If you want to get in today, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines, also on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on social media today as well. Got our X poll, our Twitter poll, at MD underscore 1010XL, but don't forget at 1010XL Fat Tony, at David Garrard 9, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Hockett's a lovely time spending four hours with you on yeah. the, uh, the golf course yesterday. Absolutely. It was gorgeous out yesterday. It was. Man. I mean, just perfect. Uh, a little, little chilly, but you're moving around, swinging the club. Everything was uh, copacetic, so we had a good time out on the course, but it's back to reality Today, uh, also hit us up in the YouTube chat if you'd like to. Uh, kicking off a fresh week, our final one with David Grard for a little while. Anyway, so let's take full advantage of his expertise here. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Not just Monday, David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, so we'll get to some of these <laughs> looking back from last summer, what it would take for you to pay Josh Allen and not anywhere near what he is likely going to get. Um, and uh, he blew past most of those thresholds very easily. By the way, I mean, overwhelmingly, people are opting for the long-term yeah. option. And just Good remember reason. that now because if he goes back to being an eight- or nine-sack guy, you know, I hope he doesn't. I hope that this is – a corner he has turned and he has, you know, raised his level of play. He's going to be like, this will be his age 27 season. He's right in his prime. Prime. Yeah. Right? I mean, TJ Watt's 30, man. He'll be 31 next yeah. year. You know, so he's he's in a good spot and all that. Just remember that as you're voting with 90% approval on that four-year $110 million deal. That it may be a little higher than that, maybe a little lower. I'm not sure how that'll all. You just hate to be the team that doesn't sign them. Somebody else signs them, and that's the thing, man. Freaking balls for five years. You know, I hear the guys talking about this morning. It's not the same kind of contract numbers, but Quincy Williams leaves here, gets cut, Mm -hmm. and becomes an All Pro. So was, I, I mean, obviously Dave Caldwell drafted him. He saw something in his ability. Clearly, he has the ability. I hear, you know, see a lot this weekend. Oh, not a good scheme fit. 
Can't you, if your coaching is good enough, if you've got a guy who can be an all-pro in one scheme, can he be, I don't know, a starting-level <laughs> yeah, player yeah. in another scheme? Like, can he not be a, a member of a 53-man roster to not have to cut him on a rookie deal to see him flourish somewhere else? Oh, he's got C.J. Mosley playing next to him. He would have had Foye Oluwakin playing yeah. next to him here. To me, it sounds like there was more than just the on-the-field stuff. Maybe there was things in the locker room I don't know. or something like that. I mean, he did uh, you know, he, he did have assignment mistakes. He would make mental mistakes. I'm not saying that he, he was a perfect player, yeah. but he had ability. And it's on you to get it out of him. Yeah, His last year here, he played seven games and had 11 tackles. Mm, that's not good. He was playing special teams. Right. Yeah. Basically, his last year here, which was only his second year in the league, he was still 24 years old. That's real fast to get rid of somebody. Yeah, they're that, cutting him before he finishes his yeah. rookie contract. Right. That's, I don't. That, that's why talk about I, cheap labor. That's why I say there's something more to that. Also, sometimes some guys turn that corner once they've been in the league for a few years, and you're like, oh wow, we didn't see that when. Can we us. find some of those yeah. guys? Evan Ingram. But, but right. Evan Ingram had been to a Pro Bowl. But it, it didn't yeah, take any time. but I'd never heard of him. Right. I, I'd heard of him, but I'd never seen him really blossom the way that he is I'll doing give you that. Right. It he's, didn't he's take any better. time, though, once he got to the Jets. His first year with the Jets in 2021, he right balled. after he signs, 110. That was his tackle total that year. Wow. 110, 106, 139. Mm. Right? Like, once he got to the Jets, he balled. Yeah. Like, the moment he walked in up there, he was a starting middle linebacker for the New York Jets and has been productive since they put him on the field. In Jacksonville, his first two years, he combined for 59 tackles. His first year with the Jets, he started all 16 games, or started 13 to 16 games, had 110 tackles, including a couple of sacks, forced three fumbles that year for the Jets. He was a player. Can we talk about that a little bit? Can we talk about the defense and what we would like to see coming here? Like, I want to see a defense that is just getting after the quarterback, just flying around the Jets, Baltimore, like something of that nature. I'd rather guys take a shot and they beat us on a play, but their quarterback looks like hell when he walks <laughs> off the field. You know, you're going to – when you're a, a high-pressure, high-volume um, disguise Guys milling around the line, and then every you never know who's coming. You look like you're blitzing 95% of the time, but you only come like 50%. Like, I just I just want to see chaos. Chaos. I understand what you're saying because it, it, it is frustrating how many times we would sit there. Tony and I, J.P. Shadrick, Linda Fortunato, Donna Murphy, we're all our, a little <laughs> TV-watching crew, yeah. right? We're in the studio every Sunday. We're watching the Jags. We're hearing Frank. And we're hearing Frank seven or eight seconds before we see what happens, right? So we hear Frank, they're all coming. Here comes the blitz. They're all coming. Five, six of them, they all get picked up. And it's yeah. like, yeah, they, you know, like it's one thing to blitz, but you better be damn effective doing it too. That's you, why I said it's got to be more disguise. You can't just get in the hole and think, I'm just going to overpower you because I'm a tough hombre. That We don't want that. I want to feel like, like when I played and I played against Baltimore and those guys, it felt like guys were blitzing from the stands. I'm like, how the hell are they playing with 15 guys? This isn't fair. They're bringing too many people. Right. Yeah, and they can't cover everybody and blitz everybody. Well, that doesn't make any sense. They were in a weird spot. 
right, especially the back half of the season, because I'm with you. Bring more pressure, find a way to affect the opponent's mm-hmm. quarterback. But they're getting picked up when they do it. Yeah, I can't do that. And on top of that, they don't play man well. Yeah. And they're having communication issues on the back end. Like, all those things all tie in together. Our blitz is ineffective. We don't play man well, so we don't want to blitz too much because we're just not strong at doing this kind of stuff. And we can't talk to one another about who needs to get passed off to whom. Even you, can't have, have, you can't have that many things wrong. Right? Like, there's just nothing gonna be going good at right. Blitzing. I do feel like like <laughs> that common per- – myself included, yeah. in it, right? We all feel like – well, hell with it. Just blitz, right? Like if you're if you're, if you're deep, if you're losing anyway, right up until you blitz and it gets picked up, right? Yeah, and then we're all yeah. like, "What are you doing, man? Yeah. Come on, you know what?" Yeah. So it, it is. There is some of that. Like the results indicate whether or not it was the right approach. How does Baltimore and I just keep going back? How do they always every year seem to have, even when the defense isn't like amazing, it still well, seems to be. Their defense is right. tough, hard nosed. They're still going to blitz. They don't care. It's got to be the players that they're bringing in. Well, and putting uh, on that. Defense. You know who they put it brought in this year late in the summer? Uh, Jadevian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, could we have used either one? Absolutely, might have been able. I've to heard use both them. of their names in the last few games that they've played. Yes, <laughs> uh, and and they were available. And, and for Clowney a long just time. got uh, what million dollar or something yeah, like bonus. That. Yeah, he yeah, got, he had like nine and a half sacks this oh, year. All right, let's yeah. get Mike and Ponavita. has been patiently hanging on to kick things off this week at 641-1010. If you want to get in, that's the way to do it on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike, good morning. How are you? Hey, thanks very much. Great show. I went to all the home games this year, and Peterson has two things that he has to fix. Okay. He has to fix this team's culture. This team is soft. Uh, and an indicator was the Kansas City game. We're supposed to be a hot-weather team, right? We train in the humidity. We, we embrace heat. The Kansas City fans are passing out in the aisles in our stadium. And uh, here we go. Uh, three and outs. We're the weaker team. We're supposed to be a hot-weather team. That's a good indicator. We need to listen to more Metallica and less Taylor Swift <laughs> in the facility. Number two, leadership. Trevor has to step up. Now, Trevor has been the man since probably middle school, high school, college we know you know he's a great football player but i get the impression and this is the younger generation that he views his career as it's just a nine to five you know i I clock in and clock out that's all i can do and there's a difference between a job that's a job a career a career is where you put in the work you put in the extra hours you are the alpha on the team i don't know that trevor's an alpha Uh, his pulse rate is so low and that's great but his pulse rate needs to increase a little bit when he steps on the field. I want more Mahomes from Trevor than what he's providing. He's a good kid, Christian kid. Again, soft-spoken, but dude, I don't know, get a haircut or something, but you need to be the alpha on this team, and he's not. All right, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I That I disagree with. Uh, I think Trevor's been an alpha his whole career. I don't think you have to be – like Joe Montana was Joe Cool. Yeah, he don't tell me he wasn't an alpha. I mean, you know, you could be. I think Dave, you you could speak to him much better than I can. But you can have different it's personality types. You right. thank you, Tony. They win a playoff game. His personality <laughs> is not a problem at all. Be they, an alpha. They miss the playoffs. It's throw a problem. touchdowns. Throw less interceptions. Move the ball. That makes you an alpha. That's 
all anybody care about. They don't care that if you yell and scream. Nobody saw C.J. Stroud screaming all year. He's super chill, calm, and collected. I didn't see Jordan Love screaming all year until I saw him in the postgame locker room yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was the only time he screamed right. because he was screaming with those balls in the end zone in his receiver's hands. That's how you be an outlaw. And in terms of putting in the work, I, I don't question any of that from Trevor Lawrence. I think he puts in tons of work. We don't have a clock on him when he's at – you don't know how much he's putting in. He could be putting a ton of work in, and nobody knows that besides the guys in that building that are with him. Throw touchdowns, less interceptions, win ball games, get us to the playoffs. That makes everybody on the team alphas. Now, when you talk about soft, on the other hand, I do think when you're a team that that has trouble stopping the run and running it, that is what is football soft. Yes, that is. I'm not is. saying they're soft people, right? No. I'm sure they're 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 among the premier percent of athletes in the world, but you're playing against the premier percent of athletes in the world, and if you can't move people. That is the definition of football soft to me, yeah. right? It's not a question of want to or character or drive. You're just not physically good enough to impose your will at the line of scrimmage. That's what makes teams, quote, finesse. Finesse is just a fancy word for soft. Yeah, I was going to okay? say, you could be finesse, and maybe that's just the makeup of the the linemen that you have on your team. Maybe they are a more better at pass blocking, better at running around pulling and, and getting out in space. Your defensive line can shed guys and, and get skinny and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to stop that guy, push him into the backfield, you don't have that. That's not maybe what your makeup is. Sometimes if you've got a good enough offense that executes, right? you don't have to be this bulldozing team, mm -hmm. right? Think of the greatest show on turf, right, with the Rams. It wasn't that – Falk was running it down your throat. He would run it, but they'd create space for him. Yeah. He was so tough to catch. And then because they put so much pressure on with getting leads, they didn't have to be this great run-stopping team because teams would have to abandon the run because you're up big on them, at least like I'm not diving deep into their statistics. This is my recollection, and this, I think this holds true for a lot of teams that – if you're really effective at what you do, you can be a, quote, finesse offensive line, a, a pass pro offensive line. But there are times when it's starting one, fourth and one, you got to be able to move the pile six inches, you know? You better be able to scheme up a way to get the first down. Nobody cares. Even if you roll out, if you're in shotgun, if you throw it 40 yards down the field, they don't care. Get the first down. Don't be dead last in uh, fourth and short, third and short. That's where you can't be because then that proves when you get down to the goal line, you have no way of powering the ball through. And so that limits your offense, and now you've got to be more finesse because you know you can't power the ball in there. So you've got to spread guys out. You've got to do little trick plays to try to get in there. And this game always comes down to man-on-man -man when the game is on the line like it was for us. We didn't choose plays that were man-on-man, -man, our men are going to beat your guys. We had to call a sneak, and nobody else knew it but the quarterback. That didn't work. And then the first one, we had to roll out. And, and I like those a lot of times because the quarterback has the ability to run if he needs to, but you're not fooling anybody. That's the problem. Right. Because they know you're not running it, so they're reacting, thinking that you're going to probably do some kind of rollout, some kind of pass. All right, let's take a quick time out here. We'll come back. Phone line starting to heat up, so we'll get back to your thoughts here on the other side at 641-1010. David Gerard's in here with us uh, for the final time for just a little while as we head into 
our off-season hiatus. Uh, so take advantage at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. David Garrard on Jaguars Today is brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers on 1010XL. All right, it's looking back at uh, some fun with social media quickly here because the uh, phone line's buzzing. Uh, Tony put this one out. No, actually, I put this one out. Mm-hmm. Um, when was this? Last June, early June. <laughs> we were, you know, obviously going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Really? Um, Assuming Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker will have the most sacks for the Jaguars in 2023. Good assumption. Good okay. assumption. Who <laughs> will have Correct. the yes. next most? Okay, congrats to the 30% of you who voted for Roy Robertson Harris. Mm-hmm. You were right. Not so much the 31% of you who voted for Yasir Abdul. Mm. And then veteran free agent pulled that. Still, at that point in June, we were thinking – we're still going to get one, right? There's still <laughs> plenty of them out there. We got to sign one of them, Tone. Mm-hmm. We could sign Clowney. He could get nine and a half, which would have been a strong third yeah. on this team. Someone else got 15%. Just literally someone else. So Someone Roy, else. Roy Robertson <laughs> Harris did it again with three and a half sacks. Um, name. There are two other Jaguars that had more than one sack this year. You had Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Roy Robertson Harris. Who were fourth and fifth Herndon. on the Jags? Herndon is your guess? That's a guess? Boye had two and a half. Boye had two and a half. And it's a safety. Kalevon. Kalevon, yes. Oh, Linebacker. He did. Yeah, Kalevon had two. So <laughs> don't you disparage Kalevon Chase on. <laughs> he came strong with a career high. That was good for it Tom. Was I was so excited about him, too, on those two plays. Well, four years now, five yeah. sacks for Kalevon. Um, Yasir Abdullah, if you're wondering, had zero. Tied with, a, pressures tied with several others. 65 pressures? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no. I don't Maybe think this. Snaps. <laughs> Maybe snaps. Let's see. QB hits. Um, Josh Allen had 33. Trayvon had 19. Roy had 11. Foyer had 10. Calevon had 8. And then a smattering of other mm-hmm. fellows. I wonder um, how many snaps Yasir, Yasir Abdullah, did get. Yasir Abdullah had one. He had one quarterback hit oh, this year. He had 45 defensive snaps. Oh, played in parts of five games. Now, great. The guy's a fifth round pick. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I don't expect necessarily a fifth round pick. It's more an indictment on this team not finding quality depth or yeah, not even quality mid level depth at the position. You know, in term or the. You know, yeah, and it's not one position that plays it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I like Roy, too. He was the guy who I was saying we have some decent pieces in the middle, but I don't think we can just rely on him. We've got to bring somebody else in in there somewhere that can also pressure the quarterback but also defend the run. Yeah, so we I just think need, the poll we just, also pointed to how little confidence the fan base had that they were going to make a move. Right, then yeah. you put that up, and they don't just vote ex- almost exclusively. Somebody else, somebody else. Right, but it was, the this was June, though. I get so it. So we've gone through free agency in the draft. Yeah, I get yeah. it, but they were like, "It's just not going to happen." All right, these are the guys we got. And okay. sadly, we brought nobody else in. Well, we don't know that the rookie's bad yet. That so, guy. So DG wants a young Aaron Donald added yes. to all the other issues yes. that we have. Yes, we all do. We yes. agree with you. Can we do that, <laughs> yes, please? Please. All right, let's go to the calls here. Uh, appreciate your patience. Let's roll through some of these. Uh, Adam in Pennsylvania next up. Happy New Year, Adam. What's up? Happy New Year, boys. Um, I just want to say that I love 
the Jags. I bleed teal and black. I'm there every Sunday at home or at the stadium or whatever. But I have absolutely no faith in this team from the owner to the GM to the coaches and a large majority of the players. Seeing what good teams look like this weekend, it just takes the wind out of my sails. All the hope, all the hope that I had entering the 2022-2023 season is absolutely gone. Uh, but on the bright side, it's only going to be four or five more years before we have another fluky good season. So I guess we'll talk about that then. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you then, Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, look, I get it, man. I, I like yeah. You know, you can wallow in it, whatever. I have a feeling, knowing Adam. Come August, they'll add a few pieces to whatever, and you you want because you don't want to you don't want to cut your potential joy short before it occurs, right? I get the pain that Jaguar football has caused you if yeah. you're a diehard and you live in and die with the emotional swings on a week to week basis. I mean, they were eight and three this year. They were right, and right. you were you were hopefully loving it, and that's why we tell you to enjoy it while you can. Mm. Each one, and I, granted. Are there issues? Well, you know, they're eight and three, but yeah, we understand there are yeah. issues with them. But wouldn't you like to have been 10 and seven, but and just slid in and snuck in as a division champ and had played that Cleveland team that you saw yep. this weekend? And That's maybe what the Texans and just, did. just find a way. Yeah. And we'd be sitting here going, damn, another hell of a year. And, and you know what? We're playing Baltimore, whoever we're playing next week, and we don't have maybe, you know, a likely heavy chance to win this, but let's find out. Let's roll the dice. Wouldn't you like to be exactly what the Texans did? They, yes. They won their last game, but they needed some things to happen. And, oh, my gosh, they have a, a, a home-filled game in the playoffs. They're playing the Browns. Hey, we got a great chance to win this game. Oh, we blow them out, and we show them exactly our young pieces, what they can do. Everybody's jacked. The whole city is pumped. Because they know they've got a young nucleus of a team. They've got a first-year head coach, first-year quarterback, and their future looks super bright. All right, uh, next up, John on the west side. John, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, I feel a little bit like the previous caller, but look, watching these games, did it, did it really open our – everyone's eyes to how many gaping holes there are in this team. I mean, watching Detroit just blow Aaron Donald and all those boys on first and uh, third and goal into the end zone and, and Puka and, and Stroud. And I mean, did it, did it open anybody's eyes to see how many gaping holes there are, whether it be offensive line personnel and, and how do we fix all these problems? Because watching these teams, they're so, they look so good. And, and frankly, we just kind of, Look terrible. I mean, how do you suggest that we fix all these major issues? And I'll take your comments off. All right, the thank air. you, John. Draft better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what. There, yeah. There's no mystery. D Detroit is more young. Now, on the one hand, look, Detroit won by a single point, right, against a team that nobody even thought was going to be in the playoffs yeah. this year. So, okay, it's their first playoff win in three decades, okay? The Jags yeah. had that. They matched that last year. Yep. So let's have a little perspective on the Lions. The Lions have stunk out loud for decades. And, yes, they won, but is this any different than where the Jags were last year? Won a division nope. title, won a playoff game. Let's see what happens this week, and let's see if they're able to follow it up. But I will grant you, this year's draft alone, with Gibbs and Laporta and Brian Branch. I mean, they've got more young yeah. nucleus pieces 
than the Jags have from the last several drafts put together and practically. And that are stars, like turning into stars. Or, or Right, or are on the brink. Yeah, yeah absolutely. on the brink, yeah. I, I, I feel like offensively, they have a number of pieces, especially with the skill guys. Yes, they've got to be better at communicating so that everybody runs the right routes and uh, the quarterback can put the ball in places and not turn it over. That's Those are not you're going to bring other pieces in and, and, and try to make that better. The offensive line is definitely no doubt a big point. you got to be able to run the ball, and you can't have your middle three guys be the weakest links of your offensive line because they're not getting off the ball. Your center is not getting off the ball. He's there. They're just not getting a push. And that has to be some, something that we change. And then it just flips right over to the defensive line. It's basically the same thing. The middle guys got to be the guys that are stopping the run and also getting push to the quarterback. So those two are, I feel like are our glaringness needs but I don't feel like it's an overhaul type thing that this team needs to do. We're much closer than we have been in years past. But I don't know. Can you just snap your fingers and say, we're going to fix the offensive line? And we only have two you things can't to fix. Snap your fingers, this line, though. that line. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot of moving parts with those. Uh, can but you the... can fix mentalities. Hopefully. I mean, what was wrong with the mentality they had last year, by the way, in 2022? I felt like they were probably under the radar, and so okay. they were fighting to try to get to something. This year, I felt like they felt like they were already there, See, especially that, when they were eight and three. That's the issue, right? So that's mentality. That's I the agree. culture in the in the locker room. You would hope, though, that guys that showed that hunger and what yeah. it took to win and to, to grind it every single week would not have that short term of memory. You would hope your leaders on the team would be able to make sure everybody continues to stay bought in, even when you have a terrible loss after being eight and three, that you can bounce back from it. All right, let's get uh, Ken on the south side up next. Hello, Ken. Ken, you there? Hello. Yeah, you're on the air. Oh yeah. I'm Sorry about that. Let me get to a quiet area. Uh, so uh, I'm calling, man. You know. Uh, I'm a realist, so I'm looking at a situation where we're not getting rid of Preston. We're not getting rid of Trent Bobby. So the people clamoring for that, I don't think that's really feasible. But what is feasible is looking at it. So we got, you know, a couple. Ken, Ken I'm sorry. I, I, I'm having a hard time. I, I know the first point he was making is he's a realist. So a lot of people are clamoring to get rid of Trent Balky, right? And it's not going to happen. I, I just. I was having a hard time. Yeah, maybe maybe Dylan could pick up and and figure out you know what the point is, and he'll pass that along to us. But it wasn't translating well on the air. Sorry, with the connection, just wasn't great. Um, we'll try to get that uh, rectified. There, Ken, hang in there. Uh, Chris on the south side. Uh, before we hit the break, Chris, go ahead, please. Good morning. How you doing? Good, Good man. What's up? Yeah. Um. Just basically summarize what the other callers were, but you already hit it on the head. It comes down to draft and development because even with the wide receivers that we've seen these playoffs and even the past four years you can go down the list of c lamb jamar chase puka nakua um st brown um t higgins all down the board and it just comes down to the ability to draft and develop players and i sit back and look at the jaguars over the years of just on a wide receiver position i know there's other spots but just have we ever, like, when's the last time we have drafted a wide receiver and actually developed? Maybe Allen Robinson, but was that more of a 50-50 ability 
and garbage time numbers or was that actually development? And just, I think, yeah, we may not get rid of Trent Balkan and stuff, but I do think the owner, Shaq Khan, does need to have some situational awareness. Even if you're not a X's and O's and those ins and outs of football, but just situational awareness about the teams and the upgrades and the process that they take to upgrade their teams and just the results of that said action. And I take your comments out there. I appreciate it, man. For just going back to some of this young uh, draft and develop, like when it comes to wide receivers, like first of all, Allen Robinson, you're a 1,400-yard receiver. You're doing something right. You're just mm-hmm. not catching jump balls yeah. alone, right? He he was a, a deep threat. He was a good route runner. I thought Allen Robinson was a good player. And who knows if he doesn't tear his ACL, what, he mm-hmm. go, what glide path he's on. Keeping in mind that they still thought Marquise Lee was better because they took yeah. the same position – higher in the same draft, right? So they got lucky, right? Like Marquise Lee fell. They were planning on, they said this afterwards, Dave Caldwell told us they it, they were kind yeah. of targeting Alan Robinson. And that Alan Hearns turned into what he turned into at the same time. Alan Hearns yeah. kind of fell in their lap, yeah. right? right? And, and that's great. And they got some, like, so you have to give them some credit for that, but they didn't draft Al- Alan Hearns, nope. right? Um, they felt like Marquise Lee was the best option, too good to pass up, clearly – that's a bad evaluation. You got lucky that Allen Robinson was still there. Here's Green Bay. Okay. Now, yesterday, they got nothing out of Jaden Reed and Christian Watson. They're most NFL people will probably tell you they're the two best receivers on that team. Yeah. Okay. Christian Watson is in his second year. Jaden Reed is a rookie. Romeo Dobbs is a rookie. Luke Musgrave is a rookie. Dontavian Wicks is a rookie. Tucker Kraft is a rookie. I'm not going deep. These are their top six guys. Wow. They're all first or second year players playing with a quarterback who's a first year starter. And granted, they got a lot of help from the defense yesterday, right? But they went out there and Jordan. They Lutz, were still balling. They were balling. Uh, yeah, uh, most of the year. Look, they got nothing out of Reed and Watson. They, Watson basically has not played the second half of the year practically, mm. right? And he's their most talented guy. Maybe not their best, but their most talented. Yeah. And Love went 16 of 21. 60. All he had to do was throw 21 times. And he had 272 and he three touchdowns with he these was. guys. He was. Right. I had people texting me, so if can we just have our quarterback drop back like 10 yards and just sit back there and bounce And just around run around. And, and then make a play? Well, it, it would help, too, if you've got a tight end who's so wide open that the quarterback could throw, <laughs> honestly, a ball that hung up for like 7.7 yeah. 7 seconds in the air. Oh, yeah, and Musgrave's waiting for it to come down like a punt. Yeah. <laughs> but there were times it. where, you know, love is – being pressured, running out of the pocket, throwing back against his body and momentum, and putting it on, on the, the spot. money. Right. Yeah. 15 right, right. yards. It's that kind of stuff. You got to make it, those you plays. Go, Holy cow. And, well, and, and here we plays. are. We Elijah Cooks can't get on the field. Like, we've got a young yeah. guy, and I get it. Like, we, we've gone the route of, hey, Christian Kirk is great signing. Very, and Zay Jones, very good signing for the money. You can't just keep pouring Only all them. this money. Like, yeah. all right, if we're going to bring Ridley back, it's going to be maybe at a minimum. I'm going to say sweetheart deal, $15 million a year, right? So $15 million, 18 for Kirk roughly, uh, 8 or 9 for Zay, whatever. That, that's yeah. a lot tied yeah. up. And are they better than what Green Bay is throwing out there with a bunch of guys that aren't making collectively what any one of those players is making, including yeah. Zay Jones. Yeah. Like, I don't think Parker Washington was a bad pick, especially where they yeah. took him in the draft. But we've seen enough of Parker Washington to know already he's not Puka. 
No. Right? Like, he's not going to be that third-day guy that's going to come in and be top-of-our-depth-chart guy. Like, he's not that for the franchise going forward, and other teams have found a way to find that at the wide receiver position. Jacksonville, they haven't hit the lottery in that sense mm-hmm. yet. All right, got to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more of your calls and reaction uh, to Jaguar football in general and uh, what the playoffs are showing us in terms of where the Jags are in the point of how close they are to being a true contender in the National Football League. David Garrard is here. Take advantage. It's a Reaction Monday, reacting to, unfortunately, not any Jaguar football on the field. This is 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL with David Garrard. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. I do want to go back uh, to last June and look at the one, well, just the tweet Tony put out, and we'll get to it coming up. What does Josh Allen need to accomplish this season for you to be in favor of the Jags offering him four years, $80 million? Mm-hmm. Bargain, right? Yeah. I, it just, sorry, it just is, right? Uh, it's a huge bargain right now. Uh, and some of the responses are like, you know, big jump in productions, at least a 12-sack season. At well, least. At least. That's at where least I was. 12, right? Right. Yeah, that's and, where and I, I mean, was. I get it. I yeah. get it from everybody. I'm not saying these were – you were crazy to think this way. It's just interesting, like how our perception changes uh, so quickly. And we had uh, Cobalt Blue on Twitter uh, sent, you know, Spot Track, one of the sites that tracks salaries and contracts and things. They also estimate what the market value of players are, right? And uh, they estimate Josh Allen a five year, basically, oh, I'll call it 109, mm-hmm. right? Just to round up a, a few hundred grand, because what's a few hundred grand between friends? <laughs> uh, five years, 109. Good. I feel like Spot Track historically always comes in under on these market value projections. Rashawn Gary of the Packers is a really good player. Okay, he got four years, ninety-six million during the season. Okay, here's Rashawn Gary's sack totals by year: two. He came in the league same year as Josh Allen. Mm. Two, five, nine and a half, six, and then he had nine this year. Wow. Josh Allen blows him away. Yeah. Okay. And he's getting $24 million a year. Josh Allen ain't signing for. No, he's definitely going to get more than that. For 108, for five, for an extra year, mm. four years at that price. Okay. You know, I could see it because that's bumping up against TJ Watt territory. Yeah. And is Josh Allen as good as TJ Watt? Well, yeah. I'm, it's not insulting Josh Allen to say he hasn't been TJ Watt good. Mm. Okay. But TJ Watt's also. Now north of thirty, mm-hmm. so there's that factor in there. So look, I I would love to sign a lot of Jaguars from time to time at what I see their market projection to be. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I just if I'm Josh yeah. Allen, that's a non-starter. Yeah. I remember saying when I asked that question last year, four years, eighty million dollars. I said I would sign him to that now today, mm-hmm. and I think if you offered that to him, he'd say no. Yeah, I'm going to play out the season. And see what happens, and he would have been right <laughs> with the way that things turned out for him. But yeah, I get you know the fans that were, and it it points to you know all the different things we've talked about that they needed to add a veteran pass rusher, and how many fans responding. It wasn't a big percentage of the fans that responded to that question last year saying he can't earn it, right? But there was some percentage of the Jaguars fan base that said he can't earn it, right? Like there's nothing he could do that would justify that kind of content. It's like, what? Right? Like, what player are you watching that I'm not seeing? Like, that you haven't even at least seen the chance that Josh Allen could be 
a 15-sack guy because it's been pretty clear since he got here he's capable of having the kind of season that he had this year. He just hadn't had it until this year, which I understand the frustration of fans, but that doesn't mean you have to be that. He can't do it. You know, by the way, Nick Bosa, uh, and we're talking about the – I have no idea what the money will be uh, ultimately. Mm -hmm. I'm not a capologist. I'm just trying to go on some clues that are out there. Nick Bosa's deal is five years, 170 with 122 and a half guaranteed fully. Oh my goodness. So we're talking about would you sign Josh Allen to four years 110? You know, you better jump on I that. understand that that Bosa's getting more than that in fully guaranteed money. Now, Bosa has also been more productive. Yeah. And I and I get that, but and he's been a defensive player of the year. But he was the last three years, 15 and a half, 18 and a half, and then this year, 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. So you know, and but if I'm Josh Allen, I'm going. I want to be closer to that. I may not get Nick Bosa money, but I sure as hell I'm not taking Rashawn Gary money. No, I mean or Montez Sweat money or or any of these guys that. I mean, he, he look. He played himself into a phenomenal position, and that's where he's at right now. And uh, they better be lining up for the Jags rushing quarterbacks. That it better needs be. to be the position for the next uh, four to five years. Heck yeah, Greg downtown. Next up on Jaguars today. Good morning, Greg. Hey, how you doing? All right, what's up? I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question. Uh, yesterday, I mean, when I was looking at the game, I wanted to know how far our offense is off from being like the Texans. Texans had a defensive coordinator, and they quarterback looked phenomenal. Well, our, we had an offensive coordinator, and our quarterback and our wide receivers looked way off. All right. Well, uh, first of all, they have a defensive coordinator as a head coach. Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, is one of the hottest names in head coaching circles. He's not going to be there long. Right. So it's not like D'Amico Ryans is like, hey, I'm going with the Bill Belichick model. Doesn't I'm a defensive guy. I'm just going to coach the quarterback. He's not doing that. Mm -hmm. He's Bobby Slowick is the guy who is in charge of that offense. And I, you know, look. If you took the Jags and lined up their pieces side by side, you want Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Brevin Jordan. I mean, they, they have a decent yeah. combo. Well, yeah. Our guy's just as good, if not better, yep. right? Yep. Um, do you want Nico Collins or Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley? I can, all right, I can see the co- argument for Nico Collins. Yep. He's, he's been phenomenal. But it's not by like, it's not Leaps like saying and bounds, yeah. Justin Jefferson versus no. Jamal Agnew here, yeah. right? I mean, this, so they same maybe kind of make Same kind of make Tank Dell's exciting. Tank Dell hasn't played for half a season now, mm-hmm. right? He's been hurt. Yeah. He's out the door. Robert Woods is an older dude, man. John Mechie has not done much in his time in Houston. It's not like they're loaded with guys. ETN? E- e- compared to... To Singletary? Singletary. I'll take ETN all day. Absolutely. Right? So, you know, Damian Pierce was their leading rusher, outstanding rookie season. Complete afterthought. He's become a nothing. They just went out and picked up a, you know, like a low-level, cheap free agent alternative guy who can catch a few passes, try to give him a little balance, and then – as the season went on, they're like, hey, you know what? Pierce not getting it done. We'll just turn it over to Singletary fully. Now, I mean, what does the offensive lines look like? That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But I, let's be honest. The quarterback is playing his ass off That's what for it Houston. Is. That's and what it is. It's amazing. Both he and Love both went 
16 for 21 mm. this weekend, right? Throwing in the 270s with three touchdowns. I mean, it's crazy. Their numbers yeah. were almost identical. Yeah. It was crazy mm. how close they were. But C.J. Stroud is playing. Uh, see, uh, you know, people are going, uh, is it fair to say C.J. Stroud might have had a better year than than any year Trevor Lawrence? Fair. He had a better <laughs> year than Trevor Lawrence has had yet. Yes. As a professional quarterback, he just has. And I look, I love Trev, and I and I still believe Trevor can turn into everything the Jaguars need him to be to be a championship quarterback. But he, uh, how do you, how are you not going to give C.J. Stroud the credit for the season he had? Yeah, of course you are. Stroud had MVP talk at least, and I don't know if Trevor has had Jamal Agnew was talking about him this weekend. Like, let's not forget <laughs> this guy should be legit in the MVP conversation. Yeah, you know, I don't know that Trevor has had a stretch where you're like. He might be MVP. I think I might have heard it once come second out of our last Second half of last year, he had a phenomenal Mouse, stretch. Yeah. He got an MVP vote last he? year. Yeah. But he, he needs to take that <laughs> yeah. and basically double it, right? I yes. mean, like, like you were 15-2 touchdown interception in the last nine games. So if you're 30-5, and five, bam, baby. Yeah. And, and you showed for a stretch that's the kind of quarterback you can be. Is it sustainable? Now, this year, Stroud was 23-5. and five. He wasn't. 30 and five, but he also went out in the playoffs and added three more touchdowns. So that puts him at 26 and five. Trevor last year threw a bunch of touchdowns in the playoffs, threw four picks. Yeah. I, I mean, he helped dig that 27 to nothing hole that we all get exactly. the credit for climbing yeah. out of. Yeah. Don't dig the hole to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know? All right, Greg, appreciate the call. Let's get Larry on the north side before we break. Larry, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Hello. How you doing? Doing well. Great, great, great. I'm so upset with the Jaguars. You know, my trash go out on Thursday. Number 16, Jersey, got to go in there. Y'all got he, – he don't know how to throw down the middle. He afraid. They go on the outside. They need to train him. He's mad. I'm just so upset. Y'all got rid of the, uh, the defensive side with the black people. And what are you going to do with the white folks? Come on, what are you going to do with the white folks? All right. What, what, Larry, let me ask you. What is Trevor afraid of? You said he's afraid. Afraid of the learning. He, he tries too hard. And he overdo it. Uh, they got to do something. We're, we never, we're going to be just like cowboys. Larry, just we tell I, Larry. I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear your, your – just tell me what is Trevor afraid of again? What is he, he don't afraid? throw down the middle of the field. He don't, That's what he so don't he's do. So he's, he's afraid. afraid to throw down the middle of the field. Is and that, he turned the ball over too much. He does. I agree with that. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. What are we going to do with all the white people? I don't know. Um, you know, your, your quarterback's a white guy, so I, I, I hope he plays well. I, I You know, I, I look. Are you guys not um, – did you not think, oh, okay, we got rid of the defense, but – I feel like the offense was just as bad, Bro, too. We spent, we spent the whole last week talking yeah, about they, it. Yes. They should, if I was going to get one I side I thought there was going to be a bunch of U-Haul trucks that were going to be leaving. Yes, absolutely. I and honestly I, thought there would be none. You thought there would be none. I thought that coming in last Monday, I thought there would be nobody fired, that they would just go with the status quo. They fired all the defensive staff. I would have been fine if they fired GM, offensive and defensive <laughs> coordinator. Get rid of all of them. I'd be okay with that. I was in favor of that. Yeah. I don't know why they made the decision they made beyond the head coach and the offensive coordinator are tied at the hip. He's not letting that guy go. And I don't think he wants to start over on Trevor. He wants to be able to keep the same system. So keep the It's the reason he took it's the reason he took the job. 
If Trevor wasn't here, Doug Peterson wouldn't be here, Mm -hmm. period. He believes in Trevor. And that's fine. You can believe in Trevor with a different system, but he's also the offensive system. So if he brings somebody else in, that means he also now has to learn somebody else's system. By the way, if you want to critique Trevor Lawrence, critique Trevor Lawrence all you want. But this, he's scared of, he's not scared of anything, man. You kidding me? I, do, do you think for a second, Dave, now there is a, a, a moment of sanity, like as you're a quarterback, you're like, I'm not sure I should make this throw. That's not being, quote, scared. That's mm-hmm. being prudent. Trevor Lawrence, I think, airs on the other side. Trevor thinks he can make every yeah. throw. There's no scared in Trevor. I don't believe that for a second. He's scared to throw over the middle. Kidding me? Gets picked over the middle. Uh, I mean, how did Evan Ingram catch 114 passes? How did Christian Kirk, who operates in the middle of the field all the time, become his most trusted receiver? I mean, I think that's a crazy narrative. If you want to critique the turnovers, you want to critique the staff decisions, all that's fair game. That's fine. But we don't have to make up, you know, projecting, oh, Trevor's scared of this. He's not scared to throw the ball anywhere. Now, does he always play at a high performance in pressure situations? Not always. He's, but that has nothing to do with throwing the ball over the middle. Like, that's not it. He'll throw the ball everywhere and have no problems doing it. But is it always a right throw? Now, that might be. May a, not be. That right. might be. Like, I almost think it's it's the opposite. He's needs to maybe have a little bit more caution yeah. at times because he does have one of those arms that you grow up with an arm like that, You've made throws that people just have their jaw drop your entire football career. Windows get tighter, windows get yeah. tighter. He still makes throws, though, mm-hmm. oh, that, still that, that three or four quarterbacks in the league can make. I mm-hmm. mean, truly, problem, it's you don't win Super Bowls just on highlight throws. No. He's got a great highlight reel of, of high-level, elite, difficulty uh, throws. But well, If you just look at the last game, there's too many times where – Guys are open for whatever reason. They're on the wrong page. He's on the wrong page. Correct. Or it's just a bad throw. It's too many of those. We got to make the throws the easy ones. We got to complete those. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, come back. More of your thoughts on the other side at 641 You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. He's still throwing passes. It's a David Garrard Monday. On 1010XL, brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. Just looking at a few things from last year's draft, Jags take Parker Washington in the sixth round. Now, granted, Puka Nakua and Dontavian Wicks were both off the board, but they were the two receivers selected ahead of Parker Washington, immediately ahead of him, um, nine picks earlier for Puka who mm. looks like a freaking star, yep. right? So, did I, you know, I guess we just didn't have enough draft capital to try to make a move up, right? We didn't have enough surplus picks? Is that what? Oh, wait, <laughs> you're saying plenty of those. We yeah. did? <laughs> Maybe we did? We did? Like, I get it. Not at, like, all right, the Bills took Justin Shorter at 150. Did they screw up? Yes, they did. But that's their problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I'm in Buffalo and they lose and Stephon Diggs – is winding down this year, right? And and I'm like, we could have had Puka. That's sure that they can debate that all they like. I'm worrying about what the Jags are doing here. And granted, if the Rams knew how good Puka Nakua was going to be, they wouldn't have waited until the fifth round to take him. But it's it's funny just looking at the scouting report on him. This is from CBS Sports. 
Uh, very little speed needs to get quicker to beat press coverage at the line. Literally yesterday, they said on the broadcast, once he put on the pads in minicamp, no one could press him at the line. It was impossible. He was way too strong and physical for everybody. So I, I, I'm i guessing that showed up on tape when he played at BYU, yeah. that he was able to get off press coverage against much lesser players. And I guess if people just look at that and go, well, that ain't going to work in the NFL. That's not going to work in the NFL. Look, it's on your GM. The Rams GM found him. Granted, maybe got lucky, but when are we going to get lucky yeah. like that? Yeah. When you have a guy that you spend a fifth-round pick on that is in the same list of players at the end-of-season accolades as Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, right? Those are the first-team All-Pros at wide receiver. A.J. Brown, Puka Nakua, wow. Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans. Those are the second-team wow. All-Pros after his rookie year. I mean, it's beyond remarkable what Puka Nakua is, and you saw him last night. Cooper Cup, it was like he wasn't even playing last night. I know. Puka was a monster he's, he's for become, the Rams. Right, he's become Cooper Cup but a more physical Basically. version yep. of him. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, this was a C- Cedric Tillman, who was inactive this week for the Browns because he's been beat up, was a third-round pick. Classic old-school perimeter wide receiver, ultra-physical, nasty, back-shoulder, rebounder type. Uh, great, not amazing athlete. Doesn't excel after the catch. Well, that's not true about Puka. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right. Uh, hampered by injuries in 22 22- 22, I like the addition for Deshaun Watson. Same guy who graded him, graded Puka. Other than the not amazing athlete and doesn't excel after the catch. This guy went in the third round. Yeah. Like, so it's not just. Right. Plenty of people miss, but. Oh, yeah. That's not. I'm not worried about plenty of people. I'm worried about Trent Baalke. I'm worried about the Jags. That's who I want to excel. Let us find Kyron Williams in the fifth round instead of Snoop Connor in the fifth round. Let Mm -hmm. us do that. Let us find that late round pass rusher who gives you eight to 10 sacks as a rookie, as opposed to a guy who can't get on the field for 11 out of your 17 games. A guy who forces his way onto the field. Yes. Just with his play that on day three of the draft, somebody comes in and it's like, we can't keep him off the field anymore. Yeah. This guy's got to play. He's our best option in this spot. And maybe Antonio Johnson is kind of, sort of close to that kind of guy. Uh, this year a little bit, but even that didn't happen until real late in but, the year. And that was a guy, though. It wasn't like we just felt like nobody knows about this Antonio Johnson guy. No. Antonio Johnson was in every mock draft in the second round, and which makes you wonder were there you know, any concerns about yeah. his, his makeup, whatever, going into it because the talent everybody knew about. And it was like to, to the point where you had so many picks, you're like, well, hell, we can't let him slide any further. It wasn't like, man, we really think we got a secret here in Antonio yeah. Johnson. At least that's not the way I – read uh the situation all right let's get one or two in here on this side belly on the the west side is next hello belly first off i want to speak for all the brothers we love our white guys man ain't no pressure man everything good bro we love y'all too bad although you know i want to salute y'all too my thing is this let's put things into perspective uh to my fellow jaguar fans such as myself, we've had two back-to-back winning seasons. I know where we come from, you understand? So it is no way I'm going to just sit up here and, and bash everybody and this and that. And even when listening to you guys, hindsight is such a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? We can go through that and we can nitpick and 
say this guy got this and this GM, you strike goal, you hit it. That's you know that's hindsight, and I and I just say you, you got to understand where you come from. My thing that I want to end off with is at the quarterback position. I think since the quarterback position demands so much money now, and they're so 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 catered to that, the competition part of it is going away. And and I wanted to ask this to David because he's a great example of my of, of what I'm speaking on is we brought we got Byron. He's this big tall guy, big arm, this and that, you know. But it was competition behind Byron. It was David right there. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and he's pushing Byron and, and, and I guess the coaches and he can he can he can explain it. The coaches may have seen something like, Hey, hold up. David can give us something too. But you, when you're not bringing in any competition and you're keeping a a a a, a season back up because because of the money situation, I think that takes away and it caters to the quarterback, and that's why it, it you know if he do mess up, it's a I'll get it next. No, when you got somebody on your tail on the back end, I think that that makes a better team. That competition. That, that that drives and motivates you a little more. And I, I'll let you guys off the air. All right, Bella. Thank you, uh, Dave. You want to? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they definitely don't want to have the starting quarterback's feathers getting ruffled, you know, but they do want to make sure they have somebody back there that can get in in a pinch and make plays when they need them. But they are not focusing on the backup really at all. And, I, and that's a little unless bit of a should un- they? Unless your starter – is, you know, kind of questionable. Yeah. Well, look, Byron never threw more than 15 touchdowns in a season. Mm-hmm. Byron was not some multi-time pro bowler that let's put a little pressure on him. Byron was a guy who was uh, pretty, yeah. pretty good, he's yeah. okay, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't all that. And, yeah, after four years of that, they said, okay, true competition between you guys. Uh, and, look, we lauded Byron. Byron was on some teams that – were just okay, mm-hmm. and the fact that he won as many games as he did with this team, I'm not saying Byron was a, a useless quarterback, but again, his high water mark, like fifteen and five, in, yeah. and that I was in eleven games, but he played a fourteen game season. That was part of it too. He never played a full year, never, right? Always hurt. Um, completed sixty percent of his passes once. I mean, we're not talking about 1940 here. We're yeah. talking about the the early 2000s. So, I do think we're we're talking about a little bit different in terms of yeah. what we've seen so far from Trevor Lawrence. But I do think there should be more competition at the quarterback spot. But they're not going to have it because, you're, like he said, your quarterback is getting paid so much more money than the backup that it's tough. Now, when you're on your rookie deal, it's still – politics because they want to make sure the number one overall pick. That, yeah he wins he is the best we give him everything possible and not everybody plays like that and that's not how the quarterback is brought up nowadays the quarterback is brought up as you're our guy we ain't thinking about nobody else go win the ball games for us and, and the other thing about look i get it. for some jaguar fans they do have the perspective hey you know what back-to-back winning seasons yeah, yeah. look it's raw right now the season yeah. just ended but what are they talking about? What's what's dominating Sports Center today? Are they going to fire Mike McCarthy after winning 12 games three yep. years in a row? 
you reach a certain level, and after a certain time, that's not good enough. We yeah. can't we can't just go. Ah, eh, we're the Jags, man. Nine and eight's good for us. There's heat yeah. on Sirianni if the Eagles lose today. Correct. Yeah. Right. And you know. and I'm not saying there should be heat on Doug Peterson. I don't believe there should be. I'm a hundred percent on board with rolling with Doug Peterson here. And and I do believe there's value in having back-to-back no, winning expectations seasons coming change, in. and they should. They have to. They you can't change. just compare yourself to the last 15 years of Jaguar football and say, well, that's good enough if we're better than that. you got to be among the elite of the mm-hmm. 32 best teams in the world. That's, yeah. that's what you play for, right? And and if you just accept that, oh, you know, it's kind of, oh, that's nice for the Jags. Nine wins, that's good. You know, they're, they're not thinking that in Dallas. They're like, Get this guy out of here. Dan Quinn, you can go too. You may be hot in Seattle, but yeah. you ain't hot after giving up 48 points. Well, we got to have that mindset because if we don't, we'll just always continue to be mediocre. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to take a team that has struggled for so long and go, okay, we hired a guy who's got a Super Bowl win on his resume. He won a division. He was in a game of doing it again. At one yep. point, it was eight and three. They did have back to back winning seasons. That's not good enough here. We got to start no. over. No, because no. then you're, you're then people are going to look and go, well, wait a minute now. What what are the chances I'm going to have to succeed if this is what they're expecting right now? Now, Doug Peterson goes six and eleven next year. All bets are off. Yeah, right. I mean, we got to move this thing in the right direction. Exactly. But uh, I'm I'm still on board uh, with the direction that he's got us going in. Now, will he make all the right decisions in terms of personnel? Time will tell this off season. All right, we got to take a break. Um, appreciate everybody uh, with the the passionate opinions uh, coming in today. Uh, six four one ten ten. If you uh, want to get one more on the air here, uh, we'll try to do that on the other side. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Grard, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars today on ten ten XL and ninety two point five FM. Hey folks, Mike Dempsey here for Awaken One Eighty Weight Loss. Rolling into the new year with a new look, uh, and I got that look all the way back in September, thanks to the last pesky 25 pounds I needed to drop. Overall, like I've lost weight a bunch over the years. I've lost uh, 80, 85 pounds. I've put on 85, 90 pounds at, at different points, and it's just not a healthy way to be. Awaken 180 promises that not only will they help you lose the weight in a healthy manner, but to help you maintain that weight loss, teach you how to keep it off, and I've been able to do that for months and months, the longest stretch of success that I've ever had. You want to lose four to five pounds a week and know that you're going to reach your goal weight and then keep it off when you get there. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, who offers free support and coaching for life once you hit your goal weight. You get started by calling 844-346-1800. That's 844-346-1800. Trust me, trust Matt Hayes, trust the 21,000 other satisfied customers. Over a 98% approval rating from Awaken 180's customers. You can find them online at awaken180weightloss.com. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville. He's still throwing passes. It's a David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. Uh... So, on the text line, it's on my lifetime enclosure. So, Mike, you're not giving, giving David Garrard any props for beating out Leftwich? Love David. <laughs> Look, Dave knows how I feel about him. My point was the competition was there because Byron allowed it to be a competition. You had to still come in and take advantage yeah. of it. And, I mean, we all remember how it went. Y'all played him the whole offseason, and it really came to a head in the preseason games. And kudos to the Jags for – making that move at the time. But my my greater point in that was 
where Trevor Lawrence is compared to where Byron Leftwich is, I don't feel that it's at the same spot. Um, you know, and you were here as a what a third round pick? Were uh, you? What were you? Fifth round. Or oh, your fifth round? Yeah. Okay. You were here in the system, part of the deal. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, I just feel like Byron opened the door. For he you did. to show what you were capable of and, doing. And he kept opening the door each year because he could not stay healthy. That's why I felt like I kept getting opportunity. My agent actually asked me, hey, do you want to ask for a trade? You know, you deserve it. Other teams are already wanting to talk, that kind of stuff. And I said, no, I'm getting a great opportunity here. You know, the QB in front of me hasn't been healthy yet. So just let me keep get my opportunities and, you know, let me keep showing what I can do. All right, let's uh, take a moment to uh, update you on what's going on around the rest of the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. L.A. Rams tight end Tyler Higbee will be undergoing further testing today, but he is believed to have suffered a torn ACL last night against the Detroit Lions. The Baltimore Ravens have opened the 21-day practice window for tight end Mark Andrews to return to the field there for Baltimore. The Los Angeles Chargers will reportedly be the first team to have the opportunity to meet with Jim Harbaugh about their head coaching vacancy. The Chargers also looking for a new GM during this hiring cycle and Super Wildcard Weekend wraps up with two games still to be played today, starting with the seven seed Pittsburgh Steelers at the two seed Buffalo Bills, 430 on CBS. After that game was moved from Saturday until today due to weather in Buffalo, and it looks like it's still snowing there. The Five-seed Philadelphia Eagles will be at the four-seed Tampa Bay Bucks at 8:15 on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2 tonight. All right, that uh, shot on Higby, man. I mean, it was legal. It's just yeah. you hate to see it, but I mean, I, I don't know what the NFL is supposed to do. I know they always, every time you get a shot like that, they go, you know, these guys would rather have them get hit in hit the head. head. Mm-hmm. Okay, until, until they, they sue turn, the league. Yeah. For the NFL is going to do what them. it's got to do to protect its dollar bill, especially Correct. down the road, because more and more guys keep playing and head injuries and all that kind of stuff. So as long as it's tackle football, people are going to get hurt. Yeah, yes. yeah, you could he could have hit him in the hip area, and still something could have happened could've somewhere on his, his body. Yeah, yeah, so you know it's unfortunate. It, just for it does because a head injury. A knee injury, you're gone for the rest of the whatever the season is. Right. That's but, that's the unfortunate parts about it. But when you're in your fifties and your sixties, right, you know, you rather your head to be good at that point. But but it's tough when you're it is. you know, in that position to make that kind of money in a short period yeah. of time to have that foresight. Think about anybody out there when you were twenty five years old, did you really care that much ah 55 that's so no, that's I, decades I away i play with guys in the league that didn't want to put into their 401k they're like no i'm gonna go out to the club and spend this money i'm not mm. putting it in 65 i'm gonna be dead before Crazy. i'm 65 uh today's question today if you ran <laughs> the jags which of away. these scenarios would you prefer when it comes to uh, edge rusher josh allen 89 percent four years 110 million let's do it today let's get that <laughs> Done today. Keep it in mind, T.J. Watt's four years, 112. So just below T.J. Watt money. It's not Nick Bosa money. Uh, mm. It may be north of that, honestly, Yep. Uh, when yeah. it's all said and done. Don't That's don't let guess. sticker shock get you because, <laughs> again, we looked at Rashawn Gary. We looked at it when the contract was given out, four years, $96 million. He has not, at that point, been as good as Josh Allen, and he's got injury issues. Even this year, he was good, wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Nine sacks. 
um, has not had a double-digit sack season, of which Josh Allen's had two now, including 17 and a half, basically doubled Rashawn Gary's output this year. He's not going to make double his money, but he's not going to settle for that money either. Trayvon did better than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> franchise tag. Get ready. Uh, was uh, like 8% <laughs> said go with the franchise tag. 3% said let him test free agency. Um, and that's fine because there's always – I mean, because we got so many rushers that can get just can't the quarterback. Leave. We got, and, so we and got I get too it. many. We don't well, need I, I all these pass rushers, Mike. The only argument, Dave, has got to be he did it in a contract year. I don't trust that he's going to keep it up, and we're going to overpay another yeah, guy. And and we're average gonna, twelve sacks. I, I, look, bro, I'm paying him. You know, yeah. and apparently everybody else is as well. And not that that's a great surprise. All right, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. All right, Joe C is uh, in the house. Joey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Two-thirds of uh, the Super Wild Card weekend has gone by the wayside, and I, I can't help but watching that game on Saturday. And I did, I watch everything but the KC game. I, I refuse, Even though... Somebody told me I could watch it on the uh, the basic tier of Peacock. I did not watch uh, KC I hate it. and you Miami. You watch on the basic? That's no, what I think, somebody. I think it went th- up through pregame. Oh, was that <laughs> when it was? kicked off? That's they what I thought off. because somebody yeah. tweeted it at me, and I, I saw it like the next day. I and hate I'm like, it. That doesn't seem right because they didn't allow that in the previous game. Why would they allow it for the playoffs? Yeah. I'm with you. I will say this for Miami: um, two or through one more touchdown than all the Jaguar quarterbacks combined this week. So <laughs> en- enjoy that high-flying offense. Hey, look, got. that defense of the Chiefs is is legit, and this is the classic line, which David knows better than we do, but you build teams for the cold, for the winter, for Absolutely. that push. Hey, run it, play defense. We scored more and allowed fewer against the Chiefs mm-hmm. back in week two, oh, yeah. and, and we still hated that one. Look, all it ma- whatever you do to end is what people are going to think of you. You know, uh, somebody called up a few minutes ago, Joe, should be happy about back-to-back winning seasons in Dallas. The lead story is they're getting ready to fire a guy who's won 12 games the last three years. Yeah, take right? a look at take a look at Dak's win percentage. Take a look at the margin of victory at home, and then take a look at a two and five record in the postseason. Not good. And, and, Not and good. the first first in NFL history, I believe, to have a dozen wins three straight years. Uh, and not make it to the NFC, uh, to the championship. Mm. Right. Well, hey, Marvin Lewis had a job for two decades without winning playoff games. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess it comes down to the franchise and what they expect. I just don't want to have that mentality of, Jags have sucked so long, we should accept mediocrity because mediocrity is uh, better than being abysmal. No, you know, no. you, you got to, you got to, uh, like, it is. You got to have higher. Goals. And by we the way, still don't want that. I know. The rookie contributions on these teams is what's driving. Oh, I know. Me. Yeah. Rookie yeah. and yeah. second driving year guys. Yeah. Me batty. Yeah. Uh, and that's a bulky problem. Must uh, of course, but I mean, it's a Jaguar problem yeah. because Balky looks like he's going to be around for another year. So I'm going to root for Trent Balky to go against form and make a whole bunch of great draft picks this year. I mean, yeah. I still want him to. I, I don't want him to fail. So right. uh, when they get rid of him, yeah. But uh, only, the only way you ever are going to get rid of a guy is if he fails or if the 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 owner looks at it and says, this is not acceptable. We're good, but we want to be great. Uh, and when you look and you see a Puka, and you can go on and on and on with all the other rookies that are out there that, make, that are making contributions, it's got to be maddening. And Shad needs to kind of get a little upset with that and, and charge his guy with doing a better job. This team had 30, and you guys know all of this, 
13 draft picks and couldn't maneuver uh, and get anyone. Well, we're just like Puka went nine picks ahead of Parker Washington. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame we didn't have any surplus picks that we could have moved up 10 <laughs> yeah, spots yeah. It's, in it's, the fifth it, round. It, it's incredible. And Me- taking Puka Nakua. Meanwhile, Yasir Abdullah and all these other guys were going around that time. Right, so. and I hope Parker Washington becomes a great player for the Jags, but I'm I'm sorry. Right now, Puka Nakua is yeah. a great player and likely did more this year than Parker Washington will do in his career in Jacksonville, quite yeah, frankly. There's no mistaking how good that cat is, uh, and especially with Cooper Cup going down and Matt Stafford uh, having that guy and just right from the jump. He was a just ask, just add water guy. All right, what are you doing today on uh, the program? Quarterback Wisher will be coming in because we're going to be talking about C.J. Stroud and you know the, the longevity of his career in the AFC South. All the stuff that took place over the weekend in the college world will definitely dip our toe in on that with uh, all the, the coaching movement. So all, all of that coming up in three hours. I'll leave, leave you a full rack of callers if you want them. They're, I, don't, I don't know if they'll hang on or not, but we ran out of time. Uh, people are still fired up, and I'm glad they are. I'll take fired up anger over apathy anytime. Any day. Anytime. Yeah. All right, Joey, have a good show. All right, fellas. DG. Yeah. We'll miss you, bud. I know it. Will you pop in on occasion in the off season? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I, 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 that's what I figured. Yeah. Be, I, I want to see Don't if worry, you're going to lie. I, I'll be back. Um, Whenever. August. Ever, next summer. Yes. We'll convince the ourselves that they've yeah. solved all their issues. I, I think – I. Yeah, we will convince we'll ourselves. We'll convince ourselves. <laughs> so I'm not convinced they will, but yeah. I'll, I'll convince myself that they did in the short term, I'm sure. All right, uh, DG, have a great offseason. Uh, really do. Uh, it's been a decade of you doing the yeah. show with us, man, and uh, well beyond. The reason – you told your agent not to get you traded. Was you just used to come sit in I on the radio? I knew I do the show. So yeah, right, I, 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 I got to show call up. In. Come on, that's, now. that's whack. You know, and uh, we <laughs> love having you. We love your perspective, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, we're, we're all in the same boat. We want the Jags yep. to succeed. Absolutely. We sometimes have a different vision of how they're going to get there, yeah. and that's okay. Appreciate it, guys. All right, DG, have a great off season, Tony Smith. I will see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. One more check the tape Tuesday. We're gonna. Check all this playoff tape and you go, yeah. damn, eat your heart out. You got out. an NFL playoff doubleheader. Today. I know we do. I'm excited about that. I, I really wanted Snowpocalypse. I wanted them to play snow this. Snowpocalypse. I did. I wanted 70-mile-an-hour wins. I wanted, That'd you know, fun. blinding. Every time they go to Buffalo uh, during still the couple snowing. hours we've been it on, it's bad. still coming down. Yeah. So it does look bad, but I, that's what I want. I want it snow-covered, windswept. And I want uh, I want both of them to lose, frankly. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't want Bills Mafia to win or or the little pipsqueak Steeler fan base that out there that thinks they're so great. Uh, neither one of them, but can't always get what you want. So that'll do it for us today. Uh, say goodbye to David Garrard for now, but he will return once again for Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey uh, checking the tape with logs for the final time for the 2023 campaign tomorrow right here on Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.